Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. There is a queue to climb Mount Everest, and everybody's kind of queued up there. In fact, people are freezing to death trying to get to the summit. Just read a few articles on that one. Uh, You know, the summit doesn't come easy. To get on top of anything in life is a challenge because that's where people want to. I believe we're wired that way. Human beings are wired that way by nature to want to be at the top, not the bottom. And so we're always climbing and we're always achieving. We're always trying to get higher. And, and this series is, is, is very excited to me anyway. This morning, uh, to kick it off, I want to talk about uh, sports. Because we've got the origin tonight, I just thought it would be fitting if we talked a little bit of sport talk. Most of us have a favorite sport. And usually that favorite sport is because of where we were brought up or our origin, if you will. So uh, you can yell out the sport that you think most of the people from these regions would uh, enjoy the most if you want to. I'll just give it to you if you don't. So South Australia, it's AFL. Uh, New South Wales, it's NRL. Canada, it's ice hockey. Uh, South America, Europe, and in the Middle East, it's soccer or truly football, if you will. Uh, America, we're a bit schizophrenic, NFL, uh, NBA, and baseball. We love those sports in particular. But there is a sport that we've all been unwitting participants of all of our lives without knowing it. In fact, it's uh, Satan's sport, and that's the title of this message this morning is Satan's sport. If the devil had a sport, and he does, what would his sport be? Question mark. And it's truly the state of origin. It's, it's, uh, it's the sport of our origin without us knowing it. It's Satan's sport, and here it is. It's you. He gets great sport out of torturing, tormenting human beings. And if you don't believe it, just look around the planet. You haven't really traveled very far if you haven't seen the ravages of sin. His sport is truly sin, and he's so good at it. I mean, if anybody was good at a sport, he would take out the the Dolly M and, uh, you know, the youngest and the oldest and fairest, whatever medals, the best. He loves harming humans, and he gets excited seeing you suffer. And so he invented the sport of sin, and he invented so many ways to make you suffer that we couldn't even list them all. So a few sports uh, that we uh, participate in 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 the world or that we're going to watch have consequences that are for keeps. His is for keeps. His is not just uh, death or life, not life, but he likes to kill in this world, to steal, kill, and destroy. But his involves eternal consequences as well. I want you to go with me over to Judges in chapter 1 and verses 1 to 7, if you have your Bibles. If not, just follow along here. And uh, I want to look at Satan's sport and some things that he does. He is the devil, begins with the letter D. So we're going to look at some things that, that he does that begin with the letter D in his sport. And, uh, and so I just want to read uh, verse 1 here of Judges chapter uh, 1. And it says this, it says, after the death of Joshua, now you, you might remember the beginning of the book of Joshua starts this way, it says, uh, Moses is dead. 
God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, Moses was the greatest leader up until that time. And God tells Joshua, he's dead. Now, you're going to take it up and lead. Now, we flip forward over to Judges, and it says, after the death of Joshua. So, we had Moses that got the, uh, the people of God, Israel, out of Egypt. And, and then we find that, uh, that Joshua gets them into, out of a wilderness, he gets them into a place called Canaan, where the Canaanites live. Now, I don't know how happy you would be if somebody took over your backyard or let's just say you're from the sunny coast here and some invading army came in and took over the Sunshine Coast. I don't think we'd be really happy. I think if I had a gun, I would definitely be looking for it. I think that we'd use bow and arrows and stones if we had to. We'd use any means that we could to ward off these invade, this invading army. There's something about God's invading army, however, that's different from any other invading army, and that is that they came to bless. The original mandate upon uh, way back to Abraham for going into these lands where these people were actually having human sacrifices. The Canaanites were, and the Philistines, and all these uh, ites and, 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 and nationalities, they were doing hideous things to human beings, and, and God's attention was brought to this, and he had a solution, and that was his people. God's, God's solution today is the same. It's his people. And he said to Israel, he said, in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. How good is that? The message that you and I carry is a message of salvation. It's, it's not condemnation. It's not bad news. It's the gospel is called the good news. In fact, I'd say it's better than good. It's the great, fantastic, awesome, unlimited, ridiculously good news that we carry, that God wants to bless people. God is for people. God's not condemning people. I mean, how good does that get? And so God's uh, nation that he wanted to use to do this blessing came from a man named Abraham, who's called the father of faith, to go in and to advance into these lands and to turn things around, to turn the tables, if you will, on the devil, and to win at the game that the devil instituted called sin. And God had a, a a solution to that. God is God is a much better player than the devil, and it was righteousness and blessing instead of cursing and death and torture and torment. And so these people are going in now uh, to to the book of uh, to the uh, land of Canaan, the promised land, and Joshua got them in. But now Joshua's dead, and the Israelites asked the Lord, "Who of us is to go up first? to fight against the Canaanites. Have you ever had to go first in something that you were truly afraid of? Uh, I remember, you know, we had to give oral book reports. In other words, you had to get up in front of the class, and, and I was in high school, and, and you had to talk. You had to read a book and then tell everybody about the book. And um, I read a book called The Raft about these guys that were shot down in the war, and they two, two of them, and they're out, uh, one of them rather, he's out in this raft and uh, floating out there for, I think it was 40 days or something like that, you know, just trying to get something to eat, something to drink. And so I read the book, loved the book. The book was fantastic. But the very thought of going up in front of the class was absolutely frightening. And because I always managed to be sick, uh, on the day that I had to give my oral book report, the teacher came to me and said, you're going to be first. 
and uh, my heart just went through my throat, and, and, and you know, I almost vomited my heart. That's good, isn't it? Word picture out my mouth. Very good, Ed. Now, uh, and the very thought of going for I didn't go first. I made sure I was sick that day and every other day. And she finally said to me, you're going to give it. You're not going to get out of it, so you can forget about that. And so no matter what, you're going to give it. So by the time my turn uh, came to give that oral book report, I watched other fearful students pass out. One guy absolutely collapsed in front of the class. He passed out. Uh, other than death, public speaking is one of the most feared things that people have. If somebody would have said, you're going to do that for a living, I would have said, you're, you're absolutely mad, starky mad, raving mad. Uh, you're crazy. It's never, ever going to happen. And so God says, you got to go first. Who's going to go first? Uh, and these people were petrified. Moses led, he's, he was an amazing leader. Joshua was an amazing leader. Now they don't have anybody to lead, not one person. Their delivering leaders are dead. But here's the bad news. In Satan's sport, he always has a leader. And you can, uh, you can know them by the names of dictators and uh, mass murderers, and there's like Pol Pot from the Killing Fields in Cambodia, there's Idi Amin in Africa there, uh, there's Saddam Hussein, and there's, uh, the list just goes on and on. There was Adolf Hitler, of course, and George Stalin. Devil's always got a leader. He's always got the captain of his team. He is so good at this sport, and he, and he always empowers somebody to lead. And so the Canaanites have a leader, and his name is Adonai, which means Lord, Bezek, which means lightning, Lord lightning, and he's coming to kill Israel. So these people are already in that promised land. Joshua got them in there. The Canaanites are fighting mad hot, ridiculously upset about it because they have no idea that the mission of army Israel is to bless them. And so they have this incredible leader, and he has the ability, as Lord Lightning, to strike hard and to strike fast with sudden attacks. And he's so fierce in battle that he's already conquered 70 kingdoms. And what he did when he conquered is he put the captive kings in a prison underneath his dining room, underneath his dining table. And during banquets, he would throw his his captives little crumbs of food and make sport of them and hurl imbus, uh, whatever, Adam. What would he do? Abuse, not imbuse, abuse. (laughs) And the message is this, the devil wants to make sport of you. He wants you, I had an impasse there, an M and an ab. And uh, so how are you going to win against such a foe? How you get to get on top of things when things are overwhelmingly on top of you? Verse 2, the Lord answered, Judah shall go up, and I've given the land into their hands. Judah shall go up. That doesn't mean a lot to us, but there was a whole tribe called Judah. Judah means praise. Sometimes we wonder, why, why do we 
you know, have this whole get up up here. Everybody's jumping around, and we're all excited, and the band, you know, the music and all the rest of it. You're going to find out the answer because, like I said before, when you know the why, then the what's pretty easy, and, and, and it, it all makes sense. It'll all make sense, I believe. So, so Judah means praise. God had his praisers go up first. God sends his worship team out front. That's pretty amazing. But, but let's just read on. And uh, and says, uh, and the praisers are going to go, and uh, and they're going to go out first. And, and then in verse uh, 3, the men of Judah said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, another tribe, come with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We will in turn go with you into yours. And so the Simeonites went with them. Now, the word Simeon means this. It means hearing, hearing. So we have Judah praise, the whole tribe of praisers, and they invite the tribe called hearing, Simeon, to go with them into the battle. God has a plan that's so audacious, and his plan is actually to start singing first at the start. I like the fact that the Maoris and other Pacific Islanders have that, you know, the haka, the, the whole thing, and it's, a, it's an intimidation kind of a thing, I imagine, for, you know, going way back to where they actually did have to fight with, you know, bow and arrows and spears and hand-to-hand combat and that kind of a thing. And, and God's kind of got a, a similar thing, only it's a little bit different, and it's, it's to sing before the victory. It's to sing at the start. It's, a, it's to sing at the, at the very start of this. But they invited the tribe called hearing. I love the fact that in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you realize that when we sing to God, that we are speaking out, usually uh, something that's either directly the word of God or lines up with God's word, we are singing out, speaking out something that conjures incredible faith on the inside of our human spirit. So many times people at the very beginning of the fight, they've got a vocabulary, but it's not a vocabulary of faith. So instead of start by singing, they, stop, they start begging. They start complaining. They start, start doing anything but singing and shouting from the start. Praise is when you start the game with your team's victory song. God's presence gives you confidence over any situation. In fact, you can write this down. When you can sing and stand in the presence of God, you'll bow to no man. When you can stand in God's presence, in God's congregation, and shout before the battle, and shout before the victory is certain, and sing while things still stink and things are still hard. When you can do that corporately, you will not bow to anything. You will be truly on top of things. And so praise is when you start your game with with your team's victory song. Oh, hallelujah. So Judah comes and they get Simeon uh, hearing, and together they go into the battle. Faith and praise go to the battle together. It takes faith to praise God. I see people, and I'm, I'm one of them. We come to church, and there's all kinds of things going on. You know, it's, it's not just things from the week. Let's face it. You know, things happen in the car on the way here. 
And, you know, it could not just be a mechanical breakdown, but it might be a meltdown or something. Somebody's just really upset about, you know, something your spouse said or whatever, whatever. And, you know, heated arguments ensue. And, and it's, I don't want to go to church today. Oh, it's not going to go. Let's just turn this car around. And, and I'm the pastor. And, and, you know, right now, I don't care. I'll just do a, I'll call a sickie. Let's get somebody up to say, Pastor's sick, church is called off, or somebody else can share. We'll just be like the brethren's. You know, everybody just kind of share something. Uh, you know, life's not always simple, is it? And we rock up here. It's like this band's up here. These guys have been here since 730. They've rehearsed, you know. They've put the hard yards in. You know, we tend to forget that they, too, have their discouraging moments. They, too, have their challenges. Uh, we, free, we think everybody else is just, <laughs> you know, they've just been singing all week long. They've had no problems, no challenges. Now the kids get sick. Everything's, oh, life is just so amazing. Let's just get up on a platform in front of everybody and let's just sing about what a great life we had because we're just on top of everything all the time, aren't we? Now you forget that we're all human beings. Look, friends, I put my pants on one, one foot at a time, whatever. I, I've got my challenges, believe me, and so does the worship team. So why do we do that? Why do we do all this stuff? Because we are going to sing and we are going to shout at the start, not wait until the, the, the finish when God's come through. Anybody can do that. But it takes faith and praise going to battle. Together it takes faith to praise, to sing when your situation looks sad. takes incredible faith. Praise takes faith. But then faith uses praise. See, the devil wants you to go it alone. But what did Simeon hear? Simeon heard Judah. Simeon heard, heard, heard praises going up. What did Judah hear? Judah heard faith. They heard words of faith. Our God is surely able. We can surely do it. Our God is more than enough. Our God is a conqueror. Our God is an awesome God. He raised. Oh, 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 come on. Judah, start singing. Come on. I got the words to the song. You got the tune. Let's go together. Come on. Let's do this thing together. We're going in. We're marching in. We're going to take this land. The devil wants you to go it alone. If you play by Satan's rules, you shall surely lose. Verse 4, when Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites, throw them in with it, into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. I love the fact that my Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30 that one can put 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. I can sing out a tune by myself, and I do in the shower. I can sing out a tune by myself with Gail, and we kind of don't but we wish we did on the way here in the car. I could sing out a tune anywhere, but when I get with God's people and two or more of us, if two can put 10,000 to flight, how many people in this room and how many enemies will flee from the mighty God that we're singing about? On your own, you could do certain things, but there's great power in believers' praise together in a faith-filled worship service. Verse 5, it was there that they found Adonai Bezek, Lord Lightning, and fought against him, put into rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And Adelaide, 
Adonai Bezek, Lord Lightning, fled, but they chased him and caught him. I love this bit. This is like better than Taken 5. This is better than American Assassin. This is better than, you know, your favorite revenge movie. This is better than Denzel could have possibly done. They caught him, and they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died. The big th the toes and the thumbs, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, some things that the devil wants to do that begin with D, number one is he wants to discourage you. He wants to rip your heart out. I said this last week, but the word courage comes from the word core, C-O-R. In Latin, it means heart. The original definition of that was to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. Wholehearted people live from a deep sense of worthiness that comes only from God. And worship is the courage to sing your story of worthiness knowing that you are not worthy. You can't practice compassion with other people if you aren't compassionate on yourself. And authentic worship is letting Christ's compassion flood your heart and singing out the truth of the compassionate God that sees you and how he sees you, my friend, so that your, flood, your heart gets flooded with courage core and courage enters your heart and discouragement has to run because he wants to discourage you, your enemy. Number two, the devil wants to disarm you. He cut their thumbs off right down to the, to the wrist is the way that they used to do that. Now you say, why would, uh, why would somebody do that? Well, you can't pick up your sword without your thumb. You try to do that. Try to take, a, you know, a, take your sword sometime. Try to take anything, a cricket bat, <laughs> you know, without a thumb wrapped around that. And, and, and Imagine these people, they, they, they had physical warfare where they had to fight it out with swords and spears and with no thumb. You're not going to throw a spear as successfully. You're not going to pick up a sword and fight it out with somebody without your big thumb. And, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and, and so the devil wants to disarm you. He wants to take your sword, your ability to wield the Word of God because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He wants to shut you up up by, by taking away your ability, your, your uh, armament, and, and to cause you to be defeated by, by cutting your thumbs off. A thumbless man can't hold a sword. He can't shoot a bow. He can't throw a spear. And you lose your grip on the word of God, you're defeated. You know, Christians sometimes that don't know their word. And I love uh, the fact that I've got my word on a tablet. I've got my word on my iPhone. I've got my word, however, in printed form. And I like feeling my hand get on that leather and flip over those pages and then turn into a passage of Scripture. And I like, I like the fact that I got my thumb because I can write and I can put Scriptures on cards. I can put them in my pocket so that when sickness tries to get upon the healed, sickness has no chance because the Word of God says, I am healed. I'm not going to be. I am healed already, Satan. You have lost. You're not going to run your numbers on me. You're not going to win at your sport of sin because my God has given me the victory. I can 
wield my sword because I got my thumb. Get your grip back. Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made the, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over that on the cross. Do you get that? Having disarmed. Satan wants to disarm you, but God disarmed your enemy. The enemy wants to disable you. He lopped off their big toes as well. You can't stand anywhere as near as good, I've been told. That 40% of your weight, your body weight, is on your big toe. 40%. So imagine, uh, you know, with no big toe, how well could you run? How well could you stand and fight? Not very. How, how, you're, God says to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand, therefore, ha having your, your, your waist girt about with truth and your, 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 your the breastplate of righteousness on the shield of faith and, and, and all of these things. But put on the gospel of peace on your feet. You've got to have your stand whereby you can stand against the enemy. In any sport that's a standing up sport, which most of them are, without your big toes, you're probably not going to do very good. You're going to lose your, your footing. And so you can't walk right. You can't stand and fight. Isaiah 40 it says this, he gives strength to the weary, increased power to the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary, and the young shall stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, it says in the old King James, those who wait or hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The enemy wants to take your feet out from under you. He wants to also debase you. Debase means this. It means to lower in value or quality or character. So after Adonai Bezek cut their thumbs and toes off, he threw them under his table to make sport of them. God wants to turn the tables on your enemy. You see, I'm not going to be Satan's favorite sport. He's not going to make sport of me. Because I, I know my authority in Christ. I know that I've got a sword to use. I know that, that God's given me a shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. I know that God has given me, and he's given this to you too, friend, a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, both in heaven, on earth, and below the earth. That at the name of Jesus, friends, that's why we sing about this. God has given us delegated authority to use that name. It's, it's, it's that name and faith in that name which makes people whole. It's that name and faith in that name which sends shivers down the devil's back. It's that name and faith in that name that, that, that causes us to be incredible conquerors. That authority not to be debased and humiliated and, and, and to, to make, make sport of. But God says this in, in uh, Psalm 23. I love the 23rd Psalm, uh, verse 5. You prepare a table before me. A table. You're not under... 
the enemy's table where he's going to throw you a crumb and invite all of his cohorts together and say, look what I got under my table. These, these, these idiots with their thumbs and their toes cut off. They don't even know the word of God. They, they can't stand for anything. They're just under the table there. I, I, I'm not going to be his sport. I'm not going to let him have uh, uh, fun watching me struggle underneath the table. And here's a crumb or two called sin. No, he prepares a table. God, my God prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. And healing's on that table. And prosperity is on that table. And miracles are on that table. And salvation is on that table. And God is able if you will dine at the table. God made us kings and priests, it says in Revelations 1.6. You are a kingdom of priests. God says you are a kingdom, a mighty kingdom. Are you dining with the king of kings at the king's table, or are you Satan's sport underneath his table? Well, I encourage you this morning to turn this thing around, and let's just get uh, seriously, let's get our shouting clothes on this morning, and let's, let's get the worship team back up right now because I want to turn the tables on the enemy. I don't, want, I don't want you to be underneath things. This is our series to be on top of things. This is your chance to get on top of it. This is your chance to turn the tables. I like it. It says in Luke chapter 10, it says this in verse 17 to 19. It says, the 72 that Jesus had sent out returned with joy and said, Lord, listen to this. This is good. They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. In other words, our state of origin, you know, the way we were born into this world, God has flipped that totally around now. We used to be subject to them. We used to be Satan's sport. He used to just <laughs> make sport of us. He, he knows exactly how to get you to jump and how high. He knows exactly what button to push to torment you, to get you discouraged again and again and again and to, to disarm you. He knows everything about humanity. And yet the 72 that Jesus sent out, 12 at first, and then multiplied 72, they went out into these regions here and they came back and they were astonished. Because they said even the demons are subject to us. Friends, this is before the cross. But listen to what they said. They, they, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, Lord Lightning is not the Lord of my life, and he's not the Lord of your life. That, that Adonai Bezak that could strike lightning fast, that, that lightning fast Bezak that could strike fear into, into your heart over and over again. He is not the Lord, friends. Jesus Christ is the Lord. That's why we sing about Jesus Christ. That's why we sing about that name, which is above every name, because Jesus is Lord. And they said, we saw him fall like lightning from heaven. And then Jesus said this, I have given you authority. Everybody say authority. Come on. Authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, that slimy dude. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Friend, this is how I fight my battles. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, 
then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.